Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Today we're here to talk about Final Girls. Um, yeah. Zach and I decided we'll do like a, a we're going to make this maybe a series where we talk about Final Girls sometimes. I don't know what um, our original pitch was, but we were just going to cover all the Final Girls all at once. It was chaotic. It was, it was a horrible idea. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be an ongoing series now. Much better yes. idea. Everyone was very patient um, <laughs> with our back and forth. Um, and yeah, we're here. We have two great guests. First up, we have a recording artist who's inspired by cinema. Bright light, bright light. We also have returning guest. He is the horror artist. Laz Marquez. The oh, horror, horror artist. Thank you for having me. Two E's. Again. Put two E's in that one. Yeah, yeah. Get away from her, you bitch. Um, Rod, would you like to tell us why you picked Ellen Ripley? I would love to. I'm obsessed with um as a character and a cultural phenomenon i am thrilled that uh, a role was taken away from a cis man and given to a woman in a mm. horror movie especially in the period of time that it was made um i honestly can't imagine alien being an interesting film if that was a male character i think that it would be just so much more lacking in what it gives you as an audience um I am obsessed with Sigourney Weaver and her delivery in every single Alien movie. I am obsessed with Alien Resurrection. It is my favorite of the entire bunch, which is highly controversial, but also grow up. It's amazing. I like it um, too. I do. I <laughs> yeah. think it's. I think it's so. It's so. It's so iconic. I can't cope with how much I love Alien Resurrection. I love the fact that she was a final girl, and then she died, and she was still a final girl. Um, everything about it. I think the twists and turns and the the history behind um, the character, the the kind of like uh, the power that she has, the echoing of society's relentless ign ignoring the truth, ignoring logic, ignoring warning signs of Mother Nature, like all of it. Everything about her character her, and her arc is it's inspiring. It's tragic. It's um, empowering. It's depressing. It's everything that life should be. There's a lot. Was, There's a lot. Was, There's going to be a lot to cover too. You just you just summed it up. So we're done. Now. Yeah, we're yeah, here. Right, right. We're good. Here. Um, I did an English literature degree, so I'm good with a synopsis, I suppose. I like to just think that you have that all written down, all up to the side on the, on the screen, though. Um, it is true, though. Like given to a man, this probably would have been a one movie character, maybe two. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think so. And it, it, it wouldn't have gotten you know much further than that. But we haven't even had an alien film with Ellen Ripley in such a long time, and she's still so baked into like public consciousness, right? Like we yes. still remember her. I so I I am like I, an alien resurrection apologist. Like I don't understand why it's like so hated. Um, no, another do I. I the only one I don't like is the third one. Like of, mm. I mean, I don't really like the new ones, but you know, of that like series, the only mm -hmm. one I don't. It just. And only because it's like relentlessly bleak and like mm. she feel like her plight, it's just you're waiting for her to die. Um, and like even so, it's not like terrible, right? It's not mm. like yeah. a badly made film. It's just I don't like the story there. Um, I, I'm right there with you, Ian. I yeah. think uh, you know, Alien Three, if it weren't for Sigourney Weaver and like the rest of the cast that were like so like pivotal, I think, you know, like in their performances it could have like really like failed, but you know, it's, it's all right. Yeah. And they did a really good job just rolling with the punches. Cause that's a, that's a movie that was like being written and put together as they were making it. Right. So chaos everywhere. And I think they, they kind of took it in stride as much as they could take it in stride. And Sigourney Reaver, just like, she is badass in that movie. Like you can watch her and just isolate it down to her performance. And it's an exciting performance to watch still. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's the, it's the least, three-dimensional of all of the films what it does very well is show you how shit men are which yeah. is very accurate and you know the the bleakness <laughs> of that is i think very pinpoint um but i don't know if you need to really see that or to be told that because you already know that so it's kind of like unfortunate that it's like every shitty male trope from any space <laughs> franchise all thrown together in one cast yeah. yeah, and then this woman has to somehow not be exhausted by them and try and not die. <laughs> After like two movies of like, we already that was kind of like 
yeah. to a lesser extent, that was what the other movies were too. Like you yeah. said, no one. Yes. I was actually driving um, last yesterday and thinking about the final girls talk you're going to have. And I was like, Ellen Ripley kind of falls into almost like Gail Weathers where both of them are always right. And no yeah. one fucking listens. And then like shit goes wrong because no one listened. And mm, kind yeah. of, that's like a very interesting character for me, but I do want you to give your, um, I, I want to hear what your resurrection thoughts. Uh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, that's your favorite one. It is my favorite one. I think it's absolutely fucking iconic. Start to finish. Um, best line in any alien movie franchise when they hold up the fork and she says, fuck, it's absolutely <laughs> amazing. Um, I love the idea of, um, the technology to get the alien from inside a replicated human being. I think that's really cool. Um, I love that it was showing like humans as monsters and monsters as, just like trying to survive. Like I don't at any point really root for the humans during this movie. Um, and I enjoy that. I love the fact that the, the people that you are rooting for are not human. They're a replicant. Yeah. They are a, an Android and a Xenomorph and everyone else. I'm just like, fine. You know, you don't, <laughs> you don't really have any redeeming features, but I loved, I love the cast of this movie. I think the cast are fantastic. The, the setting is amazing. Like the artistry, in the creation of it is gorgeous. Um, it's like a weird twist on the tale and it kind of makes the story a little bit more um, widescreen than the other films have been. Cause you've got like the, this kind of like altered timeline of the creature. Um, I loved, I really, it breaks my heart when she goes into the room and she sees the different stages of herself that failed. I think that that's like a really special moment in the film that, I don't understand why people don't even react to that. Like, I think that's um, important in terms of like what science has done with like cloning even cows and sheep and stuff. Like, yeah. that's a, a really nice reflection of society. Um, it also, it also humanizes her quite a yes. bit, you know, because up, you know, until that point, you know, like her, like what she is, right? Yes, so we're not sure if she's like purely a xenomorph or like what level of you know hybrid she is. Yeah. But that's when like we really get that emotional beat. Yeah. yeah. What I also yeah. really enjoy is she filmed this at, during the same time as Snow White. Um, if you've seen that. And she's basically the same character. She even <laughs> she even does the claw um wiping of the, the chin to both Winona Ryder and the person that plays Snow White in Snow White. I noticed that the other day and I was like, wow, it's she must have been like, you know, so closely uh, intertwined with the two sets that she just kind of carried one character into the other one. And I'm obsessed with it yeah. because they're both kind of like f fantasy creatures um, that she gives a little Sigourney touch to. And I, I love it. I love the fact that you get this, you know, sort of like push and pull of whether she's a human being or not and, and how she is. They kind of write her off as like this evil replicant, but she has more feeling and emotion and sort of justice I suppose than the humans do, and it's just oh, I think it's awesome. The, the soundtrack is amazing as well. I know that they're all really good. I have them all behind me, but I love the Alien Resurrection soundtrack. I think, I think tonally, it was the the tightest and the most funny, smart, and sharp one for me. Obviously, the original is iconic and it's unfolding and did some did something that no one really done before. But I think that. For me, Alien Resurrection gives me everything I love from all of the Alien films, puts it into a blender and just gives me like this sort of like super juice of um, it's delicious. I, I watch it all the time. I watch it like at least twice a year. Um, I, I haven't revisited it in a while, but you're convincing me that I'm because I've never hated it. But I'm like, oh, maybe I do. Need, maybe I will love it more. How how closely do you relate this Ripley in Resurrection to the one from the first three, do you see them as, you know, closely connected or are they just two completely separate beings for you? I see them as very closely connected. I think, I mean, there's, you know, the sense of like calm, mm -hmm. which kind of remains, there's the logic, which is like the key to Ripley's character throughout the whole thing. There's humanity. There's like, there's compassion, mm -hmm. um, but it's all measured and throughout the whole franchise, I think she was the only person that didn't like fly off the handle when something happened. There are like moments where, but it's like when a man is like pushed it to the limit yeah. of like coping with them, basically. 
Um, but she's been very like steadfast and kind of like precise and very um, just very impressive. And I think that they kind of instilled like more of a sense of like eerie calm to her with like the, the human emotions subdued somewhat. But I think it's very much the same character. Like at no point did I think that's not Alan Ripley. What about for the what do you see? I was going to say, I'm curious what okay. you think, Les. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Uh, have you seen the director's cut? I have not. So the director's cut actually has a scene that I love where like they're holding up pictures to Ripley, you know, to, you know, get her memory moving. And they show a picture of a girl and she says, (sighs) new. And I thought that was such a missed opportunity for like the, uh, you know, the final product. Uh, because I think that, you know, Alien 3 bothered me for a lot of reasons, but it was really like the reason of losing Hicks and Newt. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, so stupidly, too. That makes me so mad. I hate a like off screen death and like, yeah. oh, we landed. The mummies are their bodies. I'm going to throw them. And it's like, after all that, come yeah. on. And I, thought we'll was, I, I thought it was a sweet like tone that they added within that. Um, but overall, you know, I, I think it was a little sillier than my taste, uh, Resurrection specifically, uh, but I think that the performers elevated it enough where it's not my least favorite. Okay. What is <laughs> what your favorite? You is it the first one? I'm sorry? Well, what is your favorite? Is it the first one? Uh, no, Aliens. Oh, I mean, it's, I, I watch it's it maybe perfect. like three times per year <laughs> it's perfect it is like i do like objectively understand that aliens is a better film than alien resurrection <laughs> i just enjoy the camp that um alien resurrection has as well like i in no way would i like put up my hand and say like alien resurrection is the best film well, me and I have this problem it all is, the time where we it have is to remind ourselves to differentiate what is what we're talking about here what is our favorite versus what is like technically the, best. the better yeah. one right the better yeah. option um, you know like like alien is a, a perfect film aliens i think is another perfect, perfect film. film yes um you know it's just about taste yeah. and i was i was raised <laughs> on like arnold schwarzenegger and, you. you know like my dad making me making me watch that and then yeah. like the muppets from my mom so um you know like i i think aliens just has like a certain texture and i think the characters are really well evolved even yes. though they don't have as much screen time but i think that's a james cameron thing yeah mm-hmm. i have and a it has question Paxman as well. yeah i i will say i know i like the second one better but i still kind of blur the first two together a little bit oh, right. sometimes okay. when i like think it about is them. one story though it yeah. like, truly is one complete story you know well and like i mean like you said rod like resurrection does like pan out more into the world alien and aliens kind of are like they're trapped on the ship with the aliens they've got to kill them and like i mean that sounds like i'm belittling the movies because they're great but like that is the plot right and like Resurrection definitely, even the third one tries to do something different because they're like in that jail and like that's at least like a different setting. Um, so yeah, I like like I was like, which one is Paul Reiser in? It's the first one, right? Uh, <laughs> second, oh. second one, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Phil Paxman is in the second one. Okay. Um, and he's just like hot as hell. So that's really <laughs> uh Rip Bill Paxton. Paxton sorry, he Paxton. was, he was, wasn't he? He was he was a good looker. He's easy on so the eyes. Hot. Let's go back a little bit. I do want to kind of bring it back to Ellen's sort of Ripley's Ripley's yes. beginning with the first movie, right? Okay. She is this mother mm-hmm. who is just working to take care of her kid, right? She's out on this yep. mission, and that's that's her whole storyline right there. Um and I, I guess I guess we can kind of include aliens in in this since we were talking that it, it, it's just one complete story. Um, yeah, this is where I kind of have a problem with Ellen. I think I see Ellen Ripley sort of like Ian sees Laurie Strode in that they keep uh, putting her through all putting her through the ringer. She you know reaches a resolution and she wakes up and she's back in it and it's. Every movie that happens every single time, you know, um, and it seems like she's always in this hellscape cycle. Um, also, all of her storylines are kind of about motherhood. Um, I wonder where you guys fall on that. Do you do you have a problem with any of that or 
because with the first one, right. The first one is she's taking care of her kid. Um, she's out, she's working to take care of her kid. And she, you know, this horrible thing happens to her and she loses her kid in that process. Right. So mm-hmm. in the second one, she kind of gains a daughter again. She gains a family. Mm-hmm. And then right. the third one, she loses her kid again. And then she's forcefully impregnated by another alien. Right. And that whole storyline. And then the fourth one, she's a mother again. Right. So it's this constant cycle that she never really gets out of. Let's go for the chooser of Ellen Ripley. Okay. <laughs> Rod, explain hey. yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a problem with it because I do feel like it is something that takes her out of that sort of stagnant sterile world into the real world and it shows her as like a person with compassion and vision beyond the immediate surroundings when comparing her to laurie strode i find it interesting because laurie strode thinks that everything is about her mm-hmm. whereas ripley knows that it is not so i and feel the like the comparison that's really is just relating to Ian's dislike of them, they, they keep bringing her back to put her right. through something and not really giving her a yeah. solid resolution. Um, yes, I th- believe that's called building a franchise, but um, <laughs> to, just that's fair. That's yeah, fair. no, okay. I mean, I see, I see the point. Like, it is that kind of like you know, recurrent cycle and hellscape and stuff, but I do enjoy the fact that you get to see this woman surviving thriving and not being distracted by the process of motherhood or the nurturing nature that she has it's not like she fails because she also has maternal instinct she actually survives because of that Mm -hmm. or in tandem with that and i feel like that injection of humanity is kind of nice in what is otherwise you know action tropes surviving in some kind of like a terminator kind of world yeah like they do allow her to be a human and a hero at the same time and i think that's kind of cool yeah um but i understand why that might bother you somewhat for the franchise i did i've never really thought of it like that to be honest because i've never really noticed it as something i thought was a hindrance in the the storyline i thought it was actually quite well, um, I don't even know if I think it's a hindrance, right? I don't know this story well enough to like consider it a hindrance. Um, I think my dislike with not even the motherhood aspect of it, but with um, her just kind of constantly being put through the ringer. Is there is there a success story from movie to movie? Like she seems to go to sleep at the end of every movie in some shape or form. And in the next movie, is there... Is any of that success from the previous movie carried over into this this new movie, or is her? I like. I think I, I like that you said she was kind of a tragic character at the beginning mm-hmm. of you know when you were kind of introducing her, and I think that's kind of perfect because all of the successes and all of the things she accomplishes, I don't know if I see those you know show up in any further movie. Like yeah. the next time she's showing up, it's so much time later, and she kind of like has lost everything again, and in that way, it is completely tragic. It is. Um, well. The shitty men are dead still, which is really nice. <laughs> there you go. There um, you go. <laughs> uh, there's usually, you know, I don't think that the the franchise sets out to show any positivity, to be honest, and I don't mm-hmm. expect it from it. So okay, I don't really yeah. expect success. In the same, we're going to talk about um, Nancy. I don't expect a positive resolution at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street because at the at the end of the first one you're even kind of told in the last few seconds that they haven't got a happy ending. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I never expected um, a space set sci-fi to have like a positive resolution. Like her world is not one that's positive. Like human race is at a situation where they've sent people out into space to mine planets because the world is failing and like earth is called like a shithole. So at no point in any of that setup, do I expect anything like, lovely to happen and then carry through to the next film like i don't think i ever even considered that as an option so it didn't bother me that it was like a hellscape it's like oh and now it's another terrible place oh and another terrible place like might have been because i used to play video games as a kid and like you know at the end of a level of super mario i don't think that the next level is going to be a pleasant walk (laughs) i'm (laughs) expecting to still be attacked by things and try them trying to kill me so my brain is like, oh, well, what is going to happen next to her? And like, what is the next layer of quagmire that she's going to have to try and walk through? And it's like, you know, just the fact that people haven't cared about what's happened in the last one, I think is actually more um, 
interesting to follow through as a plot conceit than like something good happened and she retained some yeah. of the happiness. It's like, well, it is kind of like that as an audience too, right? What we are waking up with her and we're like a whole new audience for her to, mm-hmm. to play out her story. Um, so, but it is a dark series, right? So I guess oh, the, you, totally shouldn't, you yeah. shouldn't expect any, any, any bright spots. In yeah, space, right? it's, right? like it's her going through like different levels of grief. Okay. Now, I want to so, hear more about that. I, I like that. Now, in the first alien, she's, you know, dealing with a traumatizing situation. She survives. Then, you know, in the second one, she learns, you know, her daughter died, you know, 53 years, you know, uh, near to 53 years ago while she was gone. Um, And then, you know, the third one, she's dealing with just being away from people. Mm -hmm. Everyone has been, been extracted from her life. And then the fourth one, she's reborn, so to speak. So it's like, you know, I I think she's a seminal, I I don't even want to call her a final girl because, you know, she's died quite a bit um, (laughs) in many ways, emotionally and physically. But, you know, she's a tough character um, that I think represents a lot, including motherhood which is very close to my heart, having lost my mom. Um, I think there's something really powerful about that element of her. She's very motherly, you know, throughout the series. So I think that's great. Yeah. I think that the nicest moment of her motherhood is the moment with her and her alien child at the end of Alien Resurrection. And yeah. Sigourney's performance as she watches the alien be sucked out of the window. Yeah. I really found that like very mm-hmm. harrowing. Like I went to see this movie in the cinema when I was like 14. I was like completely underage. And we snuck in um on like a school afternoon and watched it in this giant, giant, giant cinema, like 300 seats or something. And there were five of us in there. So <laughs> I have this really magical connection to like watching it underage on this big screen. Um, and seeing that moment, and as a 14-year-old boy, like really just being very moved by that moment with the alien. It was really like watching a woman have a genuine horror moment. I mean, like Newt, yes, but like this, you don't expect it. And to have that motherhood moment there, I thought was a really like incredible moment in her character's journey. Um, I really loved that. I loved, I I also was uh, hesitant to bring her up as a final girl because I don't really consider her a final girl either. I I would say she is. I would go with yes. I would say yes. I I think so. Laz, you put her on your final girls poster. <laughs> I know, but I, I think she—I think she's a badass. That's my like deep down like feeling. I included her because it's Ripley, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, like she's a badass. She, you know, she's not somebody who needs to necessarily like survive the circumstances. She's willing to do whatever she can. And sure, you know, there may be some qualities with our other final girls. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I keep her in like a special place. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, she is willing ticket. to die. She's willing to die yeah. multiple times. She's like, nuke the planet. Let's end, the f- end our chance of survival just for the sake of humanity. Like, that's definitely not final girl trope. Like, that's Yeah. Uh, I mean, beyond. that resilience, though, is so... It's, I think it's the resilience that I, I associate with her in Final yeah. Girls, right? It's because she she doesn't really ever have a choice, like, from one on to mm-hmm. anything that is really happening to her until she's in the situation and how she can handle the situation, right? Right. That is very Final Girl. That is, like, mm-hmm. extremely Final Girl to me. That is, like, one of the hallmarks of Final Girl. So... Are, are, we, are we split? Are we two, <laughs> two and two? What's wait? What's I, funny is I, I what's funny is split. That's okay. I'm, That's okay. I'm glad Zach that you mentioned that because when when Laz you said that I was like, I thought I thought Laz put her in his final. Looking, I guess he I'm did looking, it. I'm looking at her. <laughs> I really was like, I, oh, I, I misremember that poster. <laughs> well, we're just adding people. Add Helen Shivers to that one, and I'll I'll, I'll buy a new copy. I've done plenty of her. I definitely do consider her a final girl. Um, I feel like. The fact that she, because she like, you know, when she dies, it's saving. It's like getting, well, not saving anyone because they're all dead, but like getting rid of the bad guys when she dies in the third one. So I'm like, all right, everyone's dead. So like, all right, I can still consider that. Like, and at the time it was going to be the last one. Um, And like, I, we all know, well, 
Laz and Zach know I fucking hate a like, I don't like a bring a back, bring back a final girl to kill her. That's like my least favorite thing. Um, because I feel like if they survive, let them live. Just well, so this is what I'm cool. curious about is like, you didn't kind of answer is like, what, how do you take that? Her just being put through the ringer for movie to movie. How do you, how um, do you take that? Well, I mean, like, I think the first, like I, I, again, for me, it's like the first two, like you said, are a story. Um, and then I think, um, resurrection is a good way of bringing her back without having to like because i do agree with you i do agree with both of you like it is the same like for me it very much still is the same character but technically it's a different you know what i mean it's like a different body it it makes sci-fi sense too right it's not a reboot they didn't have to reboot to bring ellen ripley back you know right And, and i think they like the transition went like i think it like you said it makes sci-fi sense of course in real world it doesn't make sense but like that works for me as a beat and so like i can like compartmentalize that as almost a different like it's like a different era it's a different it's a in the future's future um and i'm okay with that and because one and two it's like while she is put the ringer she fucking picks it up when she needs to and like puts on the power loader suit and says get away from her you bitch and it's like iconic um i just like that's like such a iconic moment for me is like her in that power loader suit and like i mean for most people right like even if you're not a horror fan even if you're not a sci-fi fan like you know that moment um like when i was a teen me and my friends would like jokingly quote that like a like a applause for sigourney weaver getting uh you know an actress nomination for that she she is very good wait did she get nominated for for what for academy Oh, we lost him. Shit, he, we lost Laz. We pissed him off and he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Oh, no. I don't know. Could you see anybody else playing that role? I know, like, it's the cliche thing, thing to say. No, nobody else could play that role. But, like, would it have worked with anybody else? You know, no. she has such a specific look and such a uh, an almost androgynous look, too, right? That kind of uh, calls back to to them switching the character from a mantle. Yeah. You know? I think, um, like, she has such a presence doing that character and she makes me care about the storyline. Like I hated Prometheus. Hate, 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 hate Prometheus with such <laughs> I love it so flames, much. <laughs> flames on the side of my face. I fucking hate it's Prometheus so much. So bad. It, oh, it looks everything looks cute, but like it's terrible. It's so <laughs> fucking boring. And the main the lead actress is so No, bad. I won't take this. Shaw is a great, great character. Like in what way? No, no, no. Every way, every way, every way. We're not talking about, we're not talking about Shaw right now, though. We're talking about (laughs) Sigourney Weaver in Prayers for Bobby or or, um, whatever movie we're talking about today. Um, (laughs) I can't have the Shaw conversation right now. I want to like people, okay? I want to like have a nice night, a nice quiet evening. (laughs) I I was thinking what you said earlier, like if it had been a man, it would have been so dull, right? It would have felt like, all right, I've seen this movie before. It wouldn't have been as like great. And like a man rallying against other men who aren't believing him isn't as interesting as yeah. like one of only two women on the whole fucking ship and they're not yeah. believing the one woman who is correct. Um, that's just more compelling. Um, I remember, so Alien and Aliens are my father's favorite movies. So we had to watch them a lot as a kid. They were always playing. My mom would be like, he's watching Alien again. Um and I remember once, like, you know, as like a teenager thinking I was like, oh, I got it. I was like, you know, the thing I like about her and Alien is that they like gender swapped it. And like, she's not like super sexy and like is still the hero. And I remember my dad saying, I beg to differ that she's not super sexy. There you go. <laughs> and I was there like, okay, well, fair. Okay. But like, I mean, but then there is the scene where she's in like her panties and like a crop top tee. So Very like, small panties. The smallest yeah. panties I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, I, that, that role was originally designated for a, a, a male role. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So a man could have been wearing those little itty bitty panties. <laughs> he, he could have. That's the shame of the franchise, isn't it? It is. It is. We were cheated out of that one. We uh, were. Bill Paxton in those panties. Uh, I know. Mm. Mm. And I God just think they're like, I do. I. It's Sigourney Weaver. I mean, a lot of these characters, especially in horror, it's like. The movie, sometimes it's like, you know, the simple idea of like aliens on a ship. That's not really, you know, the craziest 
idea. And it works because of Sigourney Weaver's portrayal. It's like yeah. a combination of everything, like the writing, her acting. And I think a lot of like horror movies that we discuss, that's what works, right? It's like, okay, it can be your basic, there's a monster. That's mm. it. But like, it's the writing and the acting and like the perfect storm of everything coming together really well. Yeah. Um, you know, like Zach and I have talked for certain other horror movies. Like sometimes it's like, we love this scene, but like the movie's okay. Yeah. Um, but that like, when a you, lot, I think. yeah, yeah. Like we discussed, I know we did last summer. I don't hate that movie, but it's not like my favorite horror movie, but like the Sam Rochelle or Chase scene is like a oh, fucking- Oh, it's so idea, good. Yeah, right? it's so yeah. good. And it's like impossible to say Indeed. like- Yes. That it, I can't imagine someone saying it's not good, first of all, but like that is like the best moment of the movie and yeah. it is like top tier and great. And I think it's a lot of credit to Simon Stargeller's acting. Um, yeah. And like horror movies, like people like under underestimate the acting that goes into it, right? Um, you know, Nev Campbell, Sidney Prescott, uh, fucking Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers. Like you remember these characters, so they invest in them. And I do think Sigourney Weaver like brought it for Ripley. Well, that's interesting. Then okay, let's kind of let's kind of go there. Is uh, horror movie acting, especially with Final Girls, is very yeah. specific, and they tend to go through the same range of motions. Ripley's very like. She is very focused a lot. Does I, I and I can't recall off the top of my head. Does she have a moment where she is crying, scared, or is she always just bossed up? No, she, she a few moments, moments where she kind of loses her cool, but it's okay. usually um, in reaction to something that a human has done. Okay. I think it doesn't tend to be screaming about the alien. Like there are a few moments of like shock or jumping back or whatever in the first one, but most of her like out of control reactions. Uh, because like one of the men has pushed it too far and like not believing her or like or when she loses newt i suppose okay. um but i feel like she's pretty like composed given what she's that going does through. set her apart from everybody else right because yeah it is just i think it, and again that's sigourney weaver it's just like we remember sigourney i i would totally trust sigourney weaver coming and saving my life right like absolutely. totally um <laughs> Let's okay. So this is this is a gay podcast. We are gays. We love talking about a final girl look. What is your favorite Ellen Ripley look? Everybody, there's the whole room, and why you have to have a why also. Okay, I have an answer. It's okay. her look in the second one, the outfit she's wearing when she's in the power loader. I love the like. They're not quite suspenders because the pants are so high, but I guess they're suspenders and like the like baggy-ish jeans with those really cool sneakers that I think Nike or someone did sell for Reebok. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, Reebok. Yeah. yeah, I like did want them, but they're very expensive. Unless as I have um, them. I have them. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> like I love, I do think that is a very iconic look. And like even like, okay, add new, like her whole new and the gun, like add that to the outfit and that like you know, I'm looking. Are you making Newt an accessory? She's a child. <laughs> She's a little girl. <laughs> Listen, I was friends with a drag queen who did Ripley drag for Halloween one year, and like had a had a doll attached to her side that was Newt. <laughs> I'll make this easy and agree with Ian okay. as usual. That's good. Uh, with Newt as the accessory, are you go? Are you saying that too? Uh, I all of it okay <laughs> i all love right. the crazy perm i love you know her with newt i love her look throughout the entire film it's a jumpsuit though it's not leather oh. pants Ian. okay <laughs> i think mine that's what i'm here is, for <laughs> mine is maybe alien resurrection in the chamber with winona rider with a dagger oh. through her hand and that like 80s perm yeah i think is like amazing like she, I, I, she's I appreciate wearing, like, that you kind of the dagger. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a red bodysuit or something, isn't it? I think, which is like a little bit. Um, I can't even remember. I thought she I, wore the brown one. I'm having a hard time remembering yeah. too. Um, what, whatever she's wearing, yes. like the the composition of that look, I think is like really really cool because it's mm -hmm. very like sleek, and she just she does like she's dressed like an alien. I think yeah. you know it's yeah, like, it, it's very HR Geiger. Yeah, uh, yeah. very in terms HR Geiger of design. Uh, and I really, yeah. I really just enjoy like the silhouette that she has there. And then with like the, the knife through the hand as well, I think is like so cool. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to bounce off of that. I think this, like the slick look works really well for her. And I, I, I always, anytime I think Ellen Ripley, I think of 
her really wet hair throughout that entire movie, uh, the entirety <laughs> of Alien Resurrection, and it just works for me, right? Um, I also think it helps. It's probably um, a nostalgic type for me is that that was one of the first Alien movies I probably watched. It's one of the first ones in my memory, so I just like have that Ellen Ripley always in my head. I it's funny because the thing I think of with that movie is the thing I have in my head is Winona Ryder's like purple jumpsuit. I think of that a lot because it's like it's so bright and like I love Winona Ryder. I love that was Winona such Ryder. a specific Winona Ryder top period that she looks like she had just come off of Girl Interrupted. Right? She even stood yes. like Girl Interrupted, holding her jacket real <laughs> closed and her her little her little bangs going over here. I was so excited to have like yeah. of course of course me. I loved Winona Ryder as a teen, and I was excited to have her in like a very sci-fi. Uh, favorite Ripley moment, Laz. Ooh, um, oh man, I would say, I think her cuddling up to Newt under the, uh, like what the hospital, the, like the science, uh, sector mm -hmm. of LV 426. Oh my God, you were remembering that off the top of your head. I know, I know. And very specifically, too. Okay. I'm, uh, and I'm very impressed that you're picking these quieter moments for these girls. Yeah. I, I really, I, I'm impressed by that. Yeah, I, like I, that. I, I like those like deeper moments. I could have said, you know, get away from her, you bitch, but like whatever. Ian's like, probably we've heard that a million that one, right? times. Um, but like her cuddling up and, you know, like, I don't know, making Newt feel, you know, safe yeah. for a little bit. I thought that was cute. That's fair. Uh, Rod? Alien Resurrection, where they're about to leave the ship and she pauses and she falls through the grate into the sea of aliens. Um, I actually wrote a song about that moment in the film. I, oh. I write lots of um, songs based on movies and my last but one record, I wrote it all based on my favorite scenes from movies. So I have this song called Kiss for Kiss, which is about like really like dangerous sensuality. And it's about the moment where you see like the lights go up and lights go down, up and down. And then it zooms in with her writhing around in the sea of aliens. And it's so it's like a womb and it's like a kind of parental interplay and like it's dangerous, but it's really gorgeous and it's gentle and really intense. And I think that moment is just so incredible, you know, like there's no danger in terms of them. You, or you th there's a perceived danger because you're like, oh, she's in the sea right. of aliens. They're obviously going to try and kill her and attack her. And they're just like swaddling her and like embracing her and like a sea washing over her. It's I think it's gorgeous. I think yeah. it's like the most stunning image. Um, and I, I watched that, that little section over and over. I think it's incredible. Um, Zach, I, what's, I what's my a song about that? I know. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so weird. Go, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm going to listen to it. Um, your <laughs> favorite moment, Ian, has to be get away from her, you bitch. It has to be. Of course, right? it, is. Of of course, course it, is. it is. Of course it is. So we're moving on. Iconic. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do a moment just before that, right? Where they, she is just, I just, I love her trying to get out of the station. The, the ship is down. You know, the alien queen is like, I always remember just feeling so thrilled by that moment and so i think i'll go with that one booby traps and improvised anti-personnel devices well, what are you reading that for i'm into survival les why did you pick nancy thompson well nancy thompson i think is uh out of the traditional final girls which i exclude ripley from like i mentioned earlier i think she's mm. kind of more of like a action hero badass um i think with nancy thompson she was the first real character that you know like took the stakes into her own hands mm -hmm. and like really fought back and tried to save her friends um and again you know she's in multiple films but and I guess we'll get to that. Um, but at least in that first film, you know, she wasn't putting up with that bullshit. She was uh, ready to fight and she was ready to figure it out and hopefully save her friends. Whether she was successful or not, you know, that's a different story. You know, and she also, we're talking about Ripley, people not believing, like people, like she knew, she kind of like, not new, but was like willing to look into what was going on while everyone else was just like, oh, 
this person died. And like, she was more, she was smarter and more like, almost like a little bit Gale, a little bit Ripley, where she's like, well, I'm going to figure this shit out. And like, like you said, she took it upon herself. And I do think that is, especially back then, that we didn't get a lot of final girls like that. No, and, you know, she was rather proactive. Yes. You know, uh, I'm going to offend Zach here, but, <laughs> you know, when we look at someone like Laurie Strode, who, you know, effectively runs away and, you know, tries to find you know, simplistic ways out. Nancy is there playing like home alone before that was even a thing. And like, (laughs) you know, well, and I I think that's what I do really appreciate about, about Nancy is that there's, we have uh, the mark of a really good final girl is when, when they're not just doing nothing and being saved, right. And make it out at the end. And uh, their, their hero does Um, it's when they're doing something, when they're actively trying to save their own life, Nancy is a level and a step up from that because she's actively trying to save the lives of the people around her. Right. And I love thinking of Nancy as like the town legend, you know, people drive by the house and that's the house where the girl went crazy and they put bars on the, on the windows and she was screaming out of the windows. Right. Um, It just, for me, that, 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 brings it a little bit more into reality. Um, and I always like to like bring something into reality, a little bit of reality to everything. Um, and I just really appreciate, I do really appreciate her proactiveness. I think, I think you said it a couple of times. It's just, she had a plan, you know, she, it didn't take long to come up with a plan too. She was tying sledgehammers to the ceiling and, you know, like she was, she was going for it. Well, one of my, one of my favorite scenes is with her and Johnny Depp on the uh, you know the bridge, yeah, where he's eating the you know burger and she's reading the handbook for like survival, and you know he's like, "What are you reading?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm into survival." <laughs> like I think that's a great you know lesson to you know prove to not only young girls but also young gay men and you know men who are sensitive so i think that she has also a lot of connectivity to like homosexual people yeah yeah or like there's you know like this like fighting against you know this presence and uh trying to gain your own i don't know like a uniqueness and strength Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I think the final girls in general, kind of like a lot of like gay men can relate the reason gay men like, like final girls, because it's like, oh, they're underestimated. Oh, it's like, oh, they're feminine. So like, they can't, you know, they can't do it. They're, they're a woman and like shit like that, that like the characters around them usually kind of look at them as, um, and I do think that's why a lot of like gay men like relate to horror, like horror movies and final girls in general. Um, but yeah, I will say like, for me, that's very Ripley and Nancy both have like the very important keystones of final girls for me, which is like, they're not just slip sliding around and they survive because they were the last one who like hid the longest. It's like, they're like, fuck this. I'm going to like kill this motherfucker. And they do the thing. Yeah. Granted, they eventually die, but like in their movies, they like to do the thing they're setting out to do. Um, and I think it's worth noting that both of them kind of had a rebirth, like came back yeah after yeah. dying in like pretty smart ways yeah um like Different i ways but like smart ways smart yeah. ways that made sense also for like the franchise um yeah. like new nightmare is I, we we talked about oh, the nightmare last so good. Like, i love that movie and it's for me it was the first nightmare on street movie that like i loved because i thought it was like like you know when it came out it was pretty like a wild notion right like yeah. And just the idea that it was like, oh, that's the actor that played her playing herself, but it's like not, you know, it's like a version of herself that she's like, I thought that was like the coolest fucking idea. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, that's pretty cool that like she's spanned that long and they were able to bring her back without like getting rid of what came before. It was like, they just like did something different, right? Yeah. And I, I think the other interesting aspect about that character of Nancy is like, we forget that, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one was what, 1984. And then, you know, like 1994 was New Nightmare. 
So it wasn't that like much. Ten minute. Uh, that 10 feels year, like uh, a twenty year, a twenty year comeback, it really right? Does, yeah. But it's only ten years, and we also like don't discuss enough that she was only in Heather Langenkamp was only in three installments of this franchise, uh-huh. and is, I think, the disrespected face of this franchise. But she is a face of this franchise, right? Yeah, I think I think she's honored that role very well. She's yeah. been very kind to our community yeah uh the homosexual lgbtq plus uh community um i think that she's a very lovely woman (laughs) do you think last that her over nancy's overall journey throughout the franchise uh helps or hurts her character um i don't know like as i grow older i think that it changes a little bit. I know Mm -hmm. I was devastated uh, with Nightmare on Elm Street 3 when we saw her passing. Again, spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, So, like, I remember back then, like, we had trading cards, like, hard trading cards. Um, Oh, my God, do they have ones for Nightmare (laughs) on Elm? They really did put them out for everything, didn't they? They they had, you know, they had ones where you would get them through, like, the, you know, whatever, like, the slot machines or whatever. Um, And uh, we're all showing our age now. (laughs) I know. Um, Womp, womp. But, uh, yeah, like, there, there was something, like, really, you know, sad about her death because, you know, you've seen this character survive so much and then become a mentor Mm. uh so i guess we're leading into nightmare three um where i thought that you know i i would have liked a little bit more from her in that sequel but i think it's probably one of the best films in the franchise i'm surprised laz that you i was going to ask you where it would rank but third the third one is your favorite yeah it's typically the film that i watch the most all right I think that it has captivating characters. Um, I love Patricia Arquette. Yeah. She role. is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she can I do that damn commercial, like, but she wouldn't do four, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there there's a lot of uh, you know uh, differing notions. If you've watched Never Sleep Again, yeah, I love her. I think she's amazing. I think she's a very very satisfying. Uh, horror character let alone just the final girl it's you know there are so many layers to the character where it's like she's not an obvious hero she's somebody that you would like feasibly want to be in real life and also happens to be like a good person and really kick-ass and really uh resourceful and intuitive and you know i think the fact that i like both her and ripley comes from them being that character that is just like perpetually ignored. Nobody believes their plight more feasible that they wouldn't believe Nancy because it is so fantastical. Um, whereas like Ripley, there's proof of what she's seen, but there isn't really proof of what Nancy is dealing with. So it's like the, the psychological and the physical torment that she's going through. Um, I love her character in the first film. I love the third film as well. Most in the franchise, I think like that, storyline is just oh oh it's so crushing come on baby come on and she really is we don't talk enough about that she was so young like her character is so young to be mentoring she, and doing what she's doing in yeah she's meant the to third be, what, movie like and i always forget like that, that she's not a 30 yeah. year old you know <laughs> yeah they, they, like they physically dressed her up and yeah. did her work oh, they, gave her, they, they gave her the straightest shoulders that you could older. right yeah <laughs> um but I agree, you know, there, there's a quality with her, I think, you know, because we, we also have to think about, like, her background, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's come, you know, she's in the early 80s. She comes from, like, a broken family, like, divorced parents. And, you know, like, she doesn't have a da- her dad there. Like, her mom's a drunk. So it's like, she doesn't have anything to rely on yeah so like she's on her own and even her boyfriend dies in that first one oh yeah she's like sorry very like um with alien where like the alien is 
with Ellen, sorry, where the alien is on the ship, like for Nancy, the the demon is in her house. Yeah. You know, he was like buried in her basement or cremated in her basement. So like both of these characters, it's funny that they're in the same podcast. I was episode, just thinking that, like, yeah. The yeah. monsters are like, the call is coming from within the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And like the fact that Nancy has been like thrust into this position by what her parents did um, is like even more horrifying, really, that she has to survive like the legacy of what her parents did, plus his legacy as well. It's like a, a, a sort of twofold attack, you know? And when you yeah. and when you put it like that too, like that makes it, that gives that tragedy too, because her life ended really, really, she had a short life and it was because of somebody else's doing, right? Like it was, yeah. she was having to live this this legacy problem. Um, she- well, I, 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 I would jump in okay. to support you know, because again, as I get older, I love a Nightmare on Elm Street theory, Dream Warriors. Yeah. Um, even though they killed my favorite character, uh, because of the fact that, you know, it was her, in essence, protecting these young teens. Yeah. Yeah. Now she went in, she told them right before, she's like, if you go into this dream, you're going to die. Like, yeah. You know, there, there's no like taking things back. So, you know, they go in and she sacrifices herself for Kristen. And even that moment of just like Kristen being like, I'm going to wish you into a beautiful dream and like holding her and cradling her like, oh, yeah. F- fun note is that Wes Craven was inspired to create Nancy based on his daughter. Because his daughter was like, well, like, why are all these like girls like so stupid and like horror films? And, you know, like, why can't they be the heroes? And he modeled Nancy off of his daughter. I didn't know that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's amazing. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I feel like Nancy has been getting recognized more lately, but I do feel like. Zach, you're kind of right. She's like underrated. Like for a while, she went very like she wouldn't be brought up in conversations a lot. But for me, she's one of the like major and clearly I know for you, Laz, like one of the like top tier final girls. I will say I fucking hate her death in the third one. It still pisses me off. But I do think like her character is pretty great. And like like you all were saying, like it is important to remember, like, you know, she is helping like and i think i think a reason three also does well with uh you and i laz is because we're also also big like comic nerds and it's like basically an x-men horror movie (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) well you know it it, like that film has so much texture and like such great character work that i think uh it just like helps you along again i'm not happy about nancy dying um I think luckily we got her back in New Nightmare. Yeah. Um, so luckily that saved, I think, the character a little bit. But um, yeah, like Nightmare Three to me is like a like a chef's kiss of a yeah. horror. It it did invest more in characters than especially at the time horror movies were doing with anyone but the yep. like main character. Yep. Um, I'm sure there are also conversation or at least there have been there had to have been recently right with laurie strode and sydney prescott both coming back that they could you know maybe bring her back um would that be something you'd be open to or do you think that they just wrapped up her story pretty nicely and because they'd have to they'd have to they'd have to do some flips to to figure out how that character's coming back right it's either a retcon or it's a it's a I don't, Dream space. I, don't know. I, thing. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Halloween Kills. Um, That's fair. That's fair. So I would have to see where that goes yeah. in terms of like resurrecting these franchises. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that Nancy needs any more than she's been given. Yeah. I think that Heather Langenkamp is doing a really great job of carrying the character, you know, through conventions and, um, you know, what her activism is and, you know, working in prosthetic work. So I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Rod? 
I think that the the kindness of Nancy's departure from the franchise is that she never was part of a terrible installation in that franchise. Mm. She got to do three. I love New Nightmare. She got to do three really solid installments in that franchise. She got to preserve the like legacy of that character, I think. And yeah. she also got an exit from the franchise, which made people root for her even more, which is quite for people in a franchise that long. So like, you know, whilst I love all of the Alien films, Alien 3 is my least favorite of the four. And she never had to do like the equivalent of an Alien 3, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I love Nancy's character. I love, um, I love the actor's betrayal throughout. And I think that there's something to be really proud of and really like, it's a joy to rewatch those films. Yeah. So for me, that character has like a win through the franchise, you know? Okay. Um, and does everything like in keeping with the character. And then you can see like that, like her personality outside of the films also shine. Like that's quite rare that somebody in a yeah. horror franchise gets to have that in and out of the films and people are like, Oh, you're awesome on and off yeah. camera. Yeah. Like that's, that's really like a golden situation for her to be in. I think. I, I think also, you know, between the two characters, like an interesting through line is that you know they start off young but they become mothers very yeah. quickly you know progressively through the series yeah there's a lot uh, of yeah. similarities as we're talking about them they're they're i know yeah. down down yeah. to the fluffy hair they both got fluffy hair they've got that big hair perm going on yeah for sure the, the um, selfish but, selflessness the protection yeah. instinct the survival instinct, the survival acumen, um, all of that is like really cool to have, you know, in like two franchises, which by all means are ridiculous, that have real wonderful human qualities. And you get to like really root for these two characters and really like, what's well, the opposite of root, like vie against or like <laughs> unroot for everybody else in the franchise, basically. Because you're like, what are you doing? If there's like one person can get it right you you like you're so uh exhausted by these people just not listening to them and not believing them and not helping them at all they've got no option but just to make it all happen for themselves yeah and also both franchises have a really loved villain like i love freddy krueger yeah. as for you know not obviously what his backstory is but like the performance of the camp and everything about i love that i love the aliens i love the like brutality and the gorgeousness and they're very camp as well, slithering around with their tails, like mincing through the shadows, you know, there's like the, the villains that these women have to deal with are quite delicious in their own right. And then these characters are so strong and so lovable and so inspirational um, against a lot of the male leads that you had in these franchises throughout. Like I don't really care about um, Arnie in Predator for example, whilst I love that film, but I really do care about Ripley in Alien, and I don't care about like Laurie Strode really. Yeah, and I don't what really am I doing here? I, I just am gone. This is like I, too much for me. I'm so sorry. I don't dislike her at all, but I don't like. I'm I not invested you, in her. <laughs> no, like I don't. Yes. I'm not invested in her as like a. I don't find her like a singular story. Yeah, you know. It's whereas I do find Nancy a much more singular story because of how innovative and like unusually like uh, adaptive she was as a yeah. character. Laurie, like Halloween is amazing. Laurie's characters, like the way she behaves is amazing, but it's not out of the ordinary. Yeah. Whereas um, Nancy's character is very out of the ordinary, like Ripley, I think. And they kind of like stand for me above the others in terms of like the leading female characters, which just like, do something really cool and different, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think Laurie Strode was they just go above and beyond. Yeah. They uh they're proactive and like they find solutions yes. to like impossible situations. Yeah. Laz, you first, what's your favorite Nancy moment? Ooh. Um mm. I know I didn't prep you for that, so I feel like you're like going through every scene. So rude. Um <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my favorite her on the bridge. I'm into survival. 
Okay. There you go. <laughs> like, I think that's like a good life lesson for anyone. Laz, I kind of love that. Like that small moment is your favorite. Like, I think that's like very endearing that that like of your favorite character, that's your favorite moment. Well, for her. You know, like I sure she can crash a coffee pot on Freddie's head or, you know, like <laughs> do whatever. But I think that moment expresses what she really stands for. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Rod, what would be your favorite Nancy moment? Tongue through the phone. <laughs> I just, I think it's one of the best images. I know it's on your shirt there. I think it's one of the best images that I've ever seen in a horror movie. It's so camp and disgusting. Like it's so putrid. Um, and her reaction to it is just amazing. Like everything about that little tiny section of the film, I think yeah. is perfect. I love it. <laughs> I would what, about <laughs> what about you, Ian? Uh, I think for me, it's her like, like last said when in uh dream warriors when she tells them that like they will die if they do this but like mm -hmm. she's gonna do it and she's not like judging she's like preparing them um i love that shit and it again it goes back to like it feels so x-men to me like and i love the x-men and it's like she's like professor xavier and like a better version of professor xavier <laughs> like, she, she's not expecting them to do it right she, yeah just kind of saying. presenting it like okay if you want to these are the costs right come on if you want to if you're not, gonna die okay. anyway you're just gonna die anyway <laughs> yeah. so you're gonna well, die all of them do. Or, <laughs> but if they hadn't like, gone um, in there they probably would have wouldn't they she's like professor xavier in a rogue wig I yes think. <laughs> the best wig <laughs> i do love the hair uh, um, what about you what about you zachary I and see it's hard, right? Because are we including that new nightmare? Because that's not Nancy, you know. Like she's she has I to play Nancy it. at some it time. Is. It is. I'll go with then if we're gonna include that, I'm gonna say no, I still think the ending, just the whole ending of, of the first one, I think. I just like the image of and the legend of the crazy girl who's busting windows in her house and people hear her screaming and stuff like that. I just like that. And you know, what's going on inside the house, we know, but everybody else to the outside, you know, it just looks wild. Um, everything what? with if Nancy like that, always looks, everything, everything <laughs> with Nancy looks wild from the outsider looking in. Right. Um, okay. Final question for Nancy, favorite Nancy look. Oh, I'm not going to go first this time. All right. I'll go first. Yeah. I, I know you were making fun of it. Zach, I love her like blazer 80s, like business lady, even though it's early 90s. I love that look. I never it's, liked a shoulder pad. I'll never fall into them. It's like I under I you are correct. A shoulder Have pad. Broad is shoulders, bad. is that why? <laughs> I can't even make them go as wide as they would. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it looks good on her. I think she looks like I know it's very dated, but I, I like the blazer, like her like business lady like attire, even though, like we said, it's like She's only supposed to be like 20. I know, they aged her. They aged her. They did her dirty. Which one? The gray? The gray? <laughs> the gray with the like, is it like purple or pink? She's wearing like a little yeah, like, uh -huh. I, I like the gray blazer. I just, it's cute. I think she looks good. Her okay. big hair is fantastic. She's got great hair. Um, I mean, her hair looks good in every look. Every movie. Every, the hair is the star of the show. I do. Yes. I think for my pick, I'm going to do the end of New Nightmare. That whole look with the like, is it, it's like a denim top, right? And then she's got the sleeves uh -huh. pulled up and she's got a, a bandage right there. And the hair's wild and, you know, mm -hmm. gray streak in it. I think that's a, it's a great final girl look. Rod, what's your favorite Nancy look? Her, her bubble bath gown, you know, when the, <laughs> just as the claw is about to come and greet her, I just think like it's such an iconic moment that like whenever i think of her i think of like that scene yeah um yeah. in the bath like that's that's what i think of i can't remember any of her other outfits i remember the <laughs> hair the wigs the weaves everything but the bubble bath or like the bathtub <laughs> moment is my favorite um <laughs> my favorite that. moment of hers <laughs> uh les you and i always <laughs> tend to agree we do <laughs> I wasn't I sure like, we'd be divided I like on her this. In the pink sweater with the blazer, she takes it off later. It uh, looks cute, right? And I like her hair in it. Um, <laughs> I think she looks gorgeous in New Nightmare. So I'll give does. you know Zach a you know yeah, a, a she does nod there. I think she looks beautiful, but uh, yeah. I do like the '80s. You know, 
shoulder pad. People close it out here. Thank you guys both for bringing your favorite final girl and Ripley. (laughs) (laughs) Even though Zach and I consider her a final girl. (laughs) Even though it's on the damn final girl's poster. Les, I don't understand this. I don't, I just don't get it. False advertising, Les. (laughs) Just keeping, keeping on your toes. I'm saying she's not a final girl. (laughs) Okay, so just change it on your website. Final girl's poster plus Ripley. Okay, that's all you got to do. Final girl, then final girl, but she's in a different league. Um, the different she's, she's like, she's like, like there's some she's... on there that i don't necessarily agree with that's okay all right like but, final you know, comment for art's sake <laughs> yeah i'm gonna final. cut i'm gonna cut nancy out of that poster just <laughs> for you last just for you last <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of laurie strode slander going on in this in this chat it makes me cringe and every time i, I get upset i'm like done oh, done i done. gave your girl uh, a prominent space you thing. did <laughs> and you did and i will i will forever be grateful for that and it's a really good <laughs> illustration as well so we're gonna close it out here this um, is a, like you know second yeah. mind ease i have no ill feeling towards laurie strode at all she's like, the messiest final girl that has ever been portrayed it's well, they that's, have, a, that's they an have, award in itself you know they have it's thrown like, her in the dumpster pulled her out and thrown her back in countless times so i get it i get it i think the messiness is what and it like fundamental me so much. yes uh, <laughs> thank you both so much for being here where can everybody find you guys yeah uh laz where can everyone find you uh you can find me at www.lazmarquez.com uh, again, I'm an illustrator and a creative director in the advertising space. So, uh, yeah. And he also did our iconic uh, yeah. podcast image. And it's, uh, we get complimented on it a lot, Laz. And like, you did so <laughs> yes, fucking good. Fantastic on that. work. Uh, yeah, your your artwork is fantastic. <laughs> it is, right? I, I love that you like knew Laz's art. Like, yeah. whenever I post your stuff, everyone's always like, oh my God. Um, it's iconic. Rod, where can I find, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at your local bagel store. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, it's brightlightx2.com and brightlightx2 is my social media handle for everything. So, you know, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Spotify, there's plenty of albums out there, including the song written about Alien Resurrection, uh, which shows how unhinged my writing process is. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm very active online, so please do say hi. Um, I like to post about horror movies that I watch as well. So if you at all care about horror movies or very specifically horror movie soundtracks, which is my like very mm. niche concern in life, um, I post about those an awful lot. Um, so yeah, I do love that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do, too. Do, do chat to me. <laughs> I can listen tonight. Uh, yes, if you stream uh death walks at midnight uh is by johnny ferio um okay. is one of my favorites it's like a really weird like a two-part of this death walks at midnight and death walks at high heels with the same leading actress um and death walks at midnight is an incredible soundtrack okay incredible. thank you cool there you cool. go all righty cool. well we thank you guys so much for listening we hope you enjoyed either this is going to be two or one long episode right so um either way we'll see you next time Bye.